Tom Copeland is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ who has been called to teach God's Word on finances since 1982. Tom has helped thousands of people learn the biblical principles of money management, most have reduced debt, build up some savings, and many are debt-free. Tom is a chartered professional accountant who has advised thousands of people, including individuals, couples, and business owners, in making wise, biblical financial decisions. Tom's Financial Moments are aired on numerous radio and TV stations. Tom is the president and founder of Copeland Financial Ministries, who teach what the Bible says on finances. For more info, check out copelandfinancialministries.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance. Now, here is Tom teaching on the topic, dealing with inflation and high interest rates from a biblical perspective. I'd like to welcome you to the first session of four sessions on the topic dealing with inflation and high interest rates from a biblical perspective. In this session, I'm going to provide the following, an overview of what's currently happening uh, in in, uh, July of 2022, uh, the financial implications for people as a result of inflation and the higher interest rates, and I'm also going to provide some biblically-based financial advice on how to deal with your increased cost of living and the higher interest rates. So at the time of writing in July 2022, inflation in Canada, the United States, around the world has become a major problem. It's the highest in 40 years. Uh, everything is, almost everything's gone up in price. Every week I receive numerous emails and phone calls from people who are hurting financially because of the increased cost of living and also the higher interest rates. Um, since the current inflation rate is considerably greater than salary increases, many people cannot continue to afford and buy the same products and services that they did in the past. That's important. So in order to help you significantly with the higher cost of living, here are some recommended steps that I think you should do. As instructed in James 1.5, pray and ask God for His wisdom because there are several options within the biblical guidelines. Everyone needs God's direction in order to make a wise decision. Secondly, determine your financial position by listing out all your your debts as well as your assets. Consider selling any unnecessary assets in order to pay down debt. Number three, determine where you've been spending money. Here's a suggestion. Record all your expenses over the past six months. Get your credit card statements and your bank statements. Record them on form number three, sorry, form number six of the Copeland Budgeting System. Divide the totals by six to get an average monthly cost and then compare that to your income to see if you currently have a deficit or a surplus each month. As a result of inflation, a lot of people, a lot of people have a monthly deficit. In other words, their spending exceeds their income. And that spells trouble if you don't deal with it quickly. In Proverbs 27:23, God admonishes us to know where we're at financially. So by tracking your expenses, you will know your financial facts and you'll be, become more conscious of where your money is being spent, which means you'll likely spend less. Number five, review your normal monthly expenses and eliminate any discretionary expenses. Any expenses that are not necessary, just plan to eliminate them in your future budget. If you have a positive cash flow after doing this future budget with the higher mortgage, um, payment and the higher, um, higher costs for food and everything else, then you should be able to continue to live your current lifestyle, excluding the discretionary expenses. If after eliminating discretionary expenses, you're still, this is in your future budget, you're still spending more than you're earning, and in other words, you've got a deficit each month, you need to either increase your income or do some significant downsizing to ensure you can balance your budget. For example, you may have to sell your, one of your cars or downsize your home. For individuals and couples who were just getting by with respect to the income they earned prior to their cost of living increasing, inflation will force them to make some changes. 
If they don't decrease their expenses or increase their income, then they will accumulate more debt and eventually suffer some very serious negative consequences. Proverbs 22.3 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Next, I'd encourage you to learn to be content to live within the means that God's given you. Um, since the cost of living is increasing faster than salaries, most people are going to have to reduce their expenses and learn to be content with less materially. With God's help, this is achievable. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And remember, even the Apostle Paul had to learn to be content. In Philippians 4, Paul said, For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Something to think about. The Apostle Paul talks about learning the secret of being contentment. Of being content. What was Paul's secret to learning contentment? What do you think about that? Think about that for a minute. The answer is provided in verse 13 where Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember in 1 Colossians 3, Paul said, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. In other words, Paul's focus was on things of eternal value, such as the salvation of people and discipleship of believers. Similarly, if you focus on things of eternal value, then the material things will become a lot less important to you, and you will learn to be content. Dealing with higher interest rates, I'd like to talk about that for a minute. As well as having to deal with inflation, everyone is facing interest rates that are much higher now, that's July 2022, compared to even the end of 2021. For example, in Canada, a typical five-year fixed mortgage in December 2021 was about 2%, while today it's about 5.5%. Similarly, interest rates on variable rate mortgages have gone from about 1.5% to about 4.2%. I've done some detailed calculations assuming a 25-year amortization. I would estimate for, for most people their mortgage payments are going to increase anywhere from about 25% up to 44% based on the current rates. Given that most people spend all their regular income, have no savings, and have no cushion within their monthly cash flow, many people will be forced to downsize their home and others will lose their homes altogether. I am concerned for these individuals. Here are some examples of what can happen when your mortgage payment increases substantially. Uh, because of the higher interest rates, your mortgage payment is much higher. The bank may advise you that you no longer qualify for your current level of financing even though you've got a good credit rating, even though you've been making your payments, they may say, hey, you don't qualify for that amount. They may ask you when your mortgage comes due to put down a big chunk of money and, and renew it at, at a lower amount. I had a case recently, the mortgage came due at 400000 They only approved her for three fifty. She had to come up with $50,000. Secondly, some people will miss several mortgage payments and in due course, the bank will take legal action and effectively evict you and take over title to the property and sell it often at reduced prices. For others, they will determine they cannot afford the high mortgage payment, so they will wisely sell their home and purchase a smaller home or condo at a lesser price. And generally, this is a wise decision to make this kind of a decision in advance. Don't, don't wait until you get into trouble with the bank. For some people, they will have to sell their home and they may be forced to rent. And another group of people will ignore the negative impact on their monthly cash flow from the larger mortgage payment and inflation. They will just go ahead and renew the mortgage because perhaps they have sufficient income to qualify but they'll continue with their same lifestyle. They'll make their mortgage payment, but finance their negative monthly cash flow with more debt and eventually suffer some even more significant negative consequences. So that's not a good way to go. My recommendation, do not wait until your mortgage comes due for renewal. Be proactive. Plan in advance, as Jesus admonished us in Luke chapter 14. 
Speak to your financial institution and other banks in several, several months prior to your mortgage renewal to obtain an estimate of what your future mortgage payment will be and, and when your mortgage comes due. So, so do, do some planning in advance and a projected, uh, projected budget. You want to develop this projected budget to determine if you can afford the higher mortgage payment. So if your mortgage payment is going from $2,000 to $2,600 or whatever it is, you've got to determine, can you afford it? And can you afford to stay where you are? If the answer is no, no if the answer is no, then you need to take necessary uh, action, possibly to sell, down your, sell your home and downsize. Um, do this well in advance before your mortgage comes due. You don't want to get into a situation where the bank has a legal right to take over your house under a power of sale or a foreclosure. Proverbs 12.15 states, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Now I'd like to talk about the impact on those who have managed money God's way. It's very different than the impact on, on, on most people. By far, the majority of people in our country and around the world have a lot of debt. Most people have, are going to be negatively impacted by the higher interest rates and the inflation, um, especially the higher interest rates. However, for those individuals who have managed money according to biblical principles over the last several years, they'll be much better off as they'll have little or no debt, so they will not be negatively affected by the higher interest rates. Further, Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise, there's our stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. In other words, someone who has followed this biblical principle will have significant savings, and when they invest their savings in, let's say, guaranteed investment certificates, they will benefit from the higher interest rates with more income. So some, the people that follow biblical principles are actually going to be better off in many ways, and so clearly it pays to manage money God's way. It pays short-term, and it especially pays long-term. I'd like to now talk about some biblical advice to people who do have a lot of debt, and I realize that represents the majority of people. So here's what I'd recommend for you folks. Number one, learn God's word on finances. I've been providing biblical counsel to people for over 40 years. Most people violate biblical financial principles, even Christians, unknowingly. Most know about tithing, which represents only 3% of the 2,350 references in the Bible, while there's 97% that apply to other financial topics. For example, God's perspective on debt and saving is very different than the world's perspective. Easy credit today encourages people to buy now, pay later, and use debt freely, which the world uh, promotes. That's what, that's what all, a lot of the promotions are about on TV and radio. However, God's directive is to use as little debt as possible and pay it off as quick as possible and to be content with God's provision. As John the Baptist said in Luke 3.14, be content with your pay. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, God promised the people of Israel that if they fully obeyed him, they would be lenders and not borrowers. Next, list out all, all of your debts. List them all out, face, including the repayment terms, the maturity date, and the interest rates. You need to face the truth about your finances. If you ignore it, it will just get worse. Proverbs 27.23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Remember, at the time this, this um, proverb was written, most people were farmers, so the practical application today is you need to know where you're at financially. You need to know where you're at financially. Thirdly, develop and implement a spending plan to ensure that you spend less than you earn and you have a surplus each month in order to pay down debt and save for future needs. In the parable of the tower, Luke 14, 28 to 30, Christ admonished us to plan ahead. Number five, use your monthly surplus to pay down the most expensive debt first, which is using your credit cards, then pay down the other debts in order with the, 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 the debts, uh, the higher interest rate debt first, and then, then work it down until you pay off all your debts. Going forward, be sure to track your expenses so that you will know your financial facts rather than guessing. 
Since you'll become more conscious of where your money's going, you will tend to spend less. If you're married, show it to your spouse. And if you're single, have an accountability partner. Here's some advice that I would give to an individual or couple whose mortgage is coming due in the near future and will be facing a higher interest rates and a bigger mortgage payment. Number one, check with your bank and at least two other financial institutions to see what the current and best interest rates are for fixed and variable mortgages. Determine how much your mortgage payment will be under the fixed and variable options as well as the amortization period. Secondly, prepare a spending plan. That's a budget. This is like a projected budget to determine how much you can afford to pay on your mortgage after it's renewed. Um, you know, can you afford to pay that, that higher mortgage payment? In other words, develop a realistic budget that hopefully enables you to make your future mortgage payment, which will likely be higher. But if you have a monthly deficit, a projected monthly deficit, then you're going to need to look at eliminating some non-essential expenses and see if you can balance your budget. If you cannot come up with a reasonable spending plan that demonstrates that you can afford the larger mortgage payment, then you need to either earn more income or make some tough decisions to downsize your lifestyle, which may include the selling of one of your cars or downsizing your home. I'd like to now give some advice with respect to variable interest rates as opposed to fixed uh, interest rates on your mortgage. Um, a mortgage with a variable rate means the rate goes up and down depending upon the bank's prime rate. As of today, July 27, 2022, a closed variable rate mortgage is about 4.2%, while a fixed rate five-year mortgage is about 5.5%. This is common. Generally, the variable rate mortgage is lower than the fixed rate, but with the variable rate mortgage, you take the risk that if interest rates increase significantly above the fixed rate, if they go above it, you could be worse off compared to taking a fixed rate mortgage. I know a few people who took out a fixed rate mortgage in the fall of 2022 one at uh, 2% or 2.5%, and today they're really glad they did that. Now, they didn't know rates were going to go up, but, uh, but that's, that's not the case for most people. Secondly, should you go with a variable rate mortgage or a fixed rate? This is a good question, and this is not an easy one to answer. Uh, most brokers would just say, and a lot of people say, well, the variable rate's less, so go with it. But with interest, the inflation problems we have today and interest rates on the rise, we don't know how high that variable rate mortgage is going to go. So it really depends where interest rates are going in the future. And if you believe they're going to go significantly higher, then you would want to go with the fixed rate mortgage. However, if you think interest rates are going to stay about the same or maybe go up only slightly over the term of your mortgage um, and remain less than the fixed rate, then you would probably be better off with the variable rate mortgage. I don't know the future. Only God does, Isaiah 46.10. So every Christian needs to pray and discern exactly what God wants them to do. How can you discern God's specific will as to what you should do before you make any major financial decision, including whether you should go with a variable rate mortgage or a fixed rate mortgage? I believe God can uh, direct us in several ways. First of all, he can speak to you through his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. In other words, as you review specific scriptures related to finances, God can highlight one or two of them and give you direction as to what you should do. Secondly, you can obtain some counsel from a godly financial advisor or a godly mortgage advisor. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit can speak to our heart and mind. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me, John 10:27. Number four, God can reveal to you what you should do as you prepare your projected spending plan or budget, for example. If you have a surplus of cash in your monthly budget after you've included your increased mortgage payment, um, you've, got, you've got a bit of a cushion 
you can probably take the risk of going with a variable rate mortgage, which you know is currently less than the fixed rate mortgage, as you have some surplus cash flow to absorb a reasonable uh, interest rate increase. However, if you're an individual or couple who have a very tight cash flow, and when you look at your projected budget with the higher mortgage payment, um, and you don't, you don't have any surplus there, you may be forced to go with a fixed rate mortgage to ensure that at least for the next several years, your mortgage payment will not go up because you don't have that surplus cash flow each month to pay anything extra. And very importantly, God can provide his peace or lack of peace with respect to any proposed financial decision. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. For example, if you're not experiencing God's peace with respect to a proposed mortgage renewal that you received from your bank, then God's likely directing you to look elsewhere for the financing. And if you're not experiencing God's peace with respect to your proposed budget, maybe you need to work your numbers. Um, maybe you need to eliminate some more uh, wants and desires. Maybe you need to eliminate a car or downsize your house um, to make sure you can, can balance your cash flow. And of course, before you make the final decision with respect to your mortgage refinancing, pray and ask God for His wisdom, James 1.5, and His specific direction. Now I'd like to give you some other advice before entering into a mortgage agreement. Um, shop around for the best deal. Talk to three, at least three financial institutions. This is really important. Their posted rate on their website can often be negotiated down if you have a good credit rating and significant equity in your home. And consider a mortgage broker if their fee is reasonable. Sometimes they can get a better deal than you can. Secondly, be sure to obtain flexibility in your, the repayment of your mortgage in your agreement. Often financial institutions will allow you to double up on your payments or pay an additional lump sum every year against the principal without incurring any penalties. You don't want to incur any early payment penalties. They're very expensive. Thirdly, if you may sell your house within the next few years, you're likely to get a shorter term variable rate mortgage. Maybe instead of a five-year mortgage, five-year term or whatever, you may get a two or three-year term if you think you're going to sell your house. And you may go with a variable rate mortgage also because if you sell your home and you have to pay off your mortgage, if you have to pay the three-month penalty, it's a three-month penalty on a variable rate mortgage is, is, is less than three-month penalty on a fixed rate mortgage. So that's why you want to do that. If you think there's a possibility that uh, you may be selling your house in the next, uh, let's say, in the next two to three years. And number four, since it's God's best for his children to be totally debt-free, work diligently towards paying off your mortgage and all debts completely. There's no substitute for being debt-free. I've helped thousands of people become totally debt-free in the last four decades, and no one, I can tell you, no one has ever regretted it. No one's ever come back to me and said, Tom, we missed that mortgage payment, or Tom, we missed those car loan payments, or whatever it is. No one's ever said that. They've also said, this is great with no loan payments. We got a surplus of cash each month. We can give more to the Lord's work. Um, we, we, we don't have that financial stress anymore. We can take that special family vacation. We can save for retirement or kids' education, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's just great to be debt-free. Next, um, I'd like to talk about dealing with the negativity associated with inflation and higher interest rates. High inflation and high interest rates are major problems right now and they're negatively impacting most people. Um, so the natural question is this, what should a Christian do during these difficult times? The first thing I say is remember that as individuals, we cannot control interest rates or inflation, but we can control how we use the money that God's entrusted to us. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us will get account of himself to God, but we can control what we do with the money we've been entrusted with. So I encourage you to focus on what you can control 
and don't get stressed out about the negative news from the media. And remember, God has promised that he will meet our needs as we put him first. In Philippians 4.19, Paul said, And my God will meet all your, your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Putting God first and managing money, what does that mean, you, you may ask? What does that mean for a Christian to put God first in terms of managing money? In other words, how can a Christian be a good steward of the money that God's entrusted to them? Now, I find when I talk about stewardship, most Christians are thinking about tithing, and that's part of it, but it's only a small part. The most important aspect of biblical stewardship is acknowledging in your heart and mind that God owns absolutely everything. He owns 100% of what you have, not the first 10%. He owns everything. Haggai 2.8 says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And that we are stewards or managers of the money that God has entrusted to us. God is the owner. God owns 100%. In 1 Corinthians 4.2 it says, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Faithfulness to God is the key, and the only way a Christian can do that is by managing the money that God's entrusted to them according to God's principles and God's specific will. Hence, there's no substitute, there's absolutely no substitute for studying and meditating upon what God's Word says with respect to finances. Joshua 1.8 is a critical verse. It says, where God said, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you'll be prosperous and successful. You need to get into God's work. And from over four decades of experience, I've seen thousands of cases where one of God's children, start when they start to manage money God's way, follow the biblical principles, often God will provide some small miracles. It could be unexpected income, a better job, a great deal on a purchase, or God may enable you to be content with less. In Luke 16:10, Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. In other words, Christ is saying, if you're trusted with a small amount, I can entrust with you more. And if you're not trusted with a small amount, you're not going to be trusted with a lot more. And that's one of the key principles in the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. If you remember in that parable, God entrusted five talents to one servant, two to another, and one to a third servant. And for two servants, the one with two and the one with five, they showed they were faithful. God then entrusted them with more. But the one servant who made no effort to invest his master's money, he didn't use the skills and the talents that God had given him, just buried his talent in the ground. He didn't do anything, no effort whatsoever. God took that talent away from him. So as you show that you're faithful in managing the money God's entrusted to you, that means learning and applying the biblical principles, God's probably going to entrust with you with more. And sometimes he doesn't entrust us with more. More often than not, he does, but sometimes he doesn't. What I find sometimes is God enables us to be content with less. And Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Now, what about people with a lot of debt? For many people, after they've accumulated a lot of debt, they see no way out of it. And I've seen so many people say, I've got to go bankrupt. There's no other option. If this applies to you, listen carefully. I, I've seen thousands of individuals and couples with many large mortgages, huge uh, credit card debt, six-figure credit card debt, personal lines of credit, car loans, you name it, they had all kinds of debt. For those individuals who were serious enough and took the time and effort to learn and apply the biblical financial principles of managing the money that God entrusted to them, and by far the majority of the cases, almost all of them, I'd say 90% plus, God enabled them to get out of debt and avoid bankruptcy. God enabled them to do that. Again, often God can provide by miracles, little miracles, or sometimes God will enable us to learn to be content with less, help us distinguish between a deed versus a want and desire, and God, God will sometimes enable us to eliminate unnecessary expenses. He can do it in so many ways.
I'd like to now share with you my testimony. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord on April 12, 1981, I had a lot of debt. I had not followed biblical financial principles because I didn't know what they were. Shortly thereafter, I obtained a number of tapes authored by Larry Burkett, who was a great teacher of God's Word on finances. At that time, I had recently received my chartered accounting designation, and I thought the Bible would be academic with respect to finances. However, as I listened to Larry's tape, I was amazed. I was just amazed at how much the Bible, how much wisdom the Bible contained on finances and how practical it was. Um, I meditated on many scriptures. I had six hours worth of tapes. I went through those tapes 40 times and, uh, within about one year. And by the end of it, I had almost every scripture memorized. And it was God I didn't intend to memorize. It's just God through his word and his spirit just planted those, those scriptures in my mind. And God through his word and his spirit changed the way I manage money. In 1982, in the middle of a recession, when interest rates were 18 to 20 percent, God directed me to start my own accounting practice. I had almost no clients. As I learned and implemented the biblical financial principles, including giving 10 percent to the Lord's work, God did amazing things. He provided me with many clients, including some very large ones who would not normally use a sole practitioner. And within three years, I had an accounting practice that would normally take 20 years to build. I praise the Lord for that. He did it. I didn't do it. Also within three years, I was totally debt-free. I had no mortgage. I had no debt whatsoever. That was 1985. I've never borrowed a dime since then. And I just praise the Lord for the financial wisdom in His Word. And I thank God. I just thank the good Lord for guiding me and directing me every step of the way. I'd now like to talk about obtaining biblical counsel. So before making any major financial decision, I encourage you to obtain biblical counsel from the three following sources. First, from God himself. In 1 Kings 22.5, it says, Joseph had said to the king of Israel, first seek the counsel of the Lord. Secondly, study God's word to ensure that what you plan to do is within biblical guidelines. Psalms 119.24 states, Your statutes are my delight, they are my counselors. And three, seek the advice of a godly financial advisor or a godly mortgage advisor. Here's a description of such a godly financial advisor. A spiritually mature Christian who understands and applies God's investment principles, or with respect to a mortgage, God's principles they apply to a mortgage, has a close personal relationship with the Lord, has the necessary practical financial knowledge, and habitually puts the interests of his clients first. And if you're married, it's best to consult with your spouse as God wants husband and wife to be one flesh, Genesis 2.24, with respect to any major financial decision. Here's some concluding remarks. I encourage everyone to invest the time to learn more about God's Word on finances. Again, for those who have managed money God's way, um, the higher interest rates are going to have little or no impact, and they'll, they'll be able to absorb the higher cost of living without a lot of problems. But for most people who have not been following the biblical financial principles, I really encourage you to learn them ASAP. Uh, and for sure, study God's Word on finances, develop a future budget well before your mortgage comes due so you can, won't end up in a financial mess if indeed your mortgage payment does increase substantially. To learn more on this topic, watch uh, Session 2, which deals with reducing expenses and shared accommodation, and be sure to watch Sessions 3 and 4 on this topic, where I provide several real-life case studies that demonstrate to you the practical application of the biblical principles of dealing with inflation and higher interest rates. These can be found on our website, copelandfinancialministries.org. To learn more, go to copelandfinancialministries.org. 
Download the Copeland Budgeting System and watch the 30-minute video on how to use it or simply send your financial question to the email on the website and either Tom or one of his trained financial coaches will respond to your question. Again, copelandfinancialministries.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance.